while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. So, Marcus, um, great show last night. Um, I um, I think people should go back and check out the podcast so if they haven't okay. already heard it. It's okay. <laughs> I thought it was a good show. Um, and tonight we've, we've broken a lot of news. Yeah, so, so um, go ahead. So we've got Ian Abreu, who was, wasn't able to make the meeting last night because his grandmother's passing away, um, who signified he'd be a second vote of no on the uh, rent control, rent uh, stabilization uh, ballot question that if the mayor vetoes it, um, we have some reasons to believe he will. Um, although it's suspicious at this point, um, we he he will also he will not vote to override the mayor's veto. So that's very interesting news. The bigger news is that Ward Five's veteran counselor Scott Lima is retiring. He is retiring. He's going to finish out his term, so it won't be a special election, well, well, but there'll be an open seat. We believe he's going to finish out his term. Well, well, so, yeah, I just want to point this out because the language here is very interesting. Um, and it is my, uh, you know, speculation fills my swimming pool. So, um, but, but, look, but. Scott's a smart guy. And you have a beautiful swimming pool. <laughs> it's a nice swimming pool. Um, but Scott's a nice guy. Yes. And and this is, I mean, a smart guy, too. He's a nice guy, but he's a smart guy. So he knows... It's specific language. It's specific language. Today I have announced that I will not be running for re-election as the Ward 5 city councilor. And as of now, I plan to serve out my current term, which ends December 31st, 2023. As of now, I plan, like I said, precatory language. And so... Um, boy, I haven't used that word since 2L uh, Law School. I really hope I'm using it correctly. <laughs> I, I like the word. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, so you may see Scott run for maybe run for something else or maybe maybe he may like have to, you know, off board at some point before. Right. But in that case, I think if it's any time in the next uh, if, it, if it's anything before like June or something, I think he's I think, you know, they're not going to do the they wouldn't special. Have to have a special. They wouldn't have to have a special. So but Scott, um. So now that Scott's gone, we know that Ward, uh, former, I, I'm pretty sure former Ward 6 counselor Joe Lopes lives in Ward 5 now. He does. He, he does. Um, so uh, we also have uh, Zach Boyer, who announced here again right. on South Coast Tonight. He, he messaged me. We're just breaking news all over the place. All I can't help it. I reflexively right. break news. Right. It's like that commercial of La- or that, that tutorial of Larry Bird. And he's talking to Red Arbuck, and he's trying to miss on purpose, and he can't. He we can't. just we just can't do it. We can't, we can't miss. We can't miss. <laughs> and and Zach Boyer, who ran uh, last time around, uh, yeah. has already announced he's going to run. Mm-hmm. But we also anticipate that's going to be a crowded field. It's going to be a very crowded field, I think. You know, you look at Paul Chase, who ran last time, was right. a very competitive guy. Uh, it was a competitive race. Joe Lopes, if he's he's in Ward 5, and if he runs... Um, he's already won that you know an election before. He's got the built-in name ID. Let me throw out a name. Um, Nobriga. 
Maybe. I know what you're talking about. Right? Yeah. Don't forget that name. Yeah. Hank Henry, the great Jack Nobrega. Yeah, yeah. His grandson is in Ward 5. He yeah. is, yeah. Is a, is a actually a classmate of mine at Stang. Right. Yeah. So, 508-996-0500. Good evening. Good evening, Tower. This is uh, Anthony, Firefighter Anthony. How are hey, you? Hey, what's up, Anthony? How you doing? Good. And Mr. McCarthy, uh, just to piggyback on your last caller, sure. uh, I just left some neuro training, which is training for dogs, uh, service dogs. Oh, uh, neuro, yeah, Gannon, from Neuro's bill, prompt, yes. Prompted by Sean Gannon and his dog, that situation. Yeah. Uh, the last two Fridays in Rochester, uh, several EMTs, firefighters, and police um, have gathered uh, for the class. Uh, so I just left the class. It's a great class. Uh, you have a nice dog in, in the behavior community called Blue. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is a uh, dog uh, for, for uh, narcotics. Um, but it, it's a great class, and it was something uh, to hear Mrs. Gannon, um, her speech in the really uh, her speech in the beginning of the class uh, really brought you into the class. It was unbelievable. That's fantastic. That's, yep. Yeah, it's really so cool stuff. And ready, ready for... For any type of animal or any type of situation that comes comes around again, um, uh, you know, many many police officers, firefighters, and EMTs are, are ready to uh, assist with uh, with those types of animals. So you you literally are learning CPR type behavior for dogs and cat uh, yep. for animals, right? Yep, CPR, oxygen therapy. You know where to find pulses. Um, you know how to take their lung sounds and how to uh, you know how to approach them properly. Um, things like that, because obviously an attack dog might not want to be approached. Right. Um, so, it, and then it goes back to your last guest. Uh, we he would be the second person in line if we can't. If something happened to the dog's trainer, then uh, we'd have to have the dog officer come to help us to muzzle the dog to to help the dog because the dog is still in that attack mode. Right. Um, so we would have to rely on our dog officers. Um, if it's in Haven, it's your last guest. Um, if it's in New Bedford, it's, uh, you know, Mr. Maciel. So right. um, wherever we are, we have to rely on those dog officers to help in, in those situations. So with the training, was it was it a lot of it stuff you kind of already knew, or was it real fresh training? I would think it, you know, it's not instinctive uh, stuff, right? Yeah, a lot of it is just like um, like knowing actually where to take, where to look for the dog's heartbeat. Okay. You know, obviously on a person, it, it, it's easy. But, you know, you got to go under the armpit. You know, kind of look smaller dogs a little bit closer to the center. Um, so it's, it's just a little bit different. But for the most part, the German Shepherds are all like right under the armpit. You want to check for moral pulses, um, which is the, the back hind legs underneath. Like you got to really get in there. Um, so that's where you want to take their pulses is back there. So just, you know, made aware of it. I did take a class similar to this um, a long time ago at the zoo. The zoo offered to teach the firefighters in case they have an emergency there, but I haven't had it. In probably ten years, and it was just a great refresher and a, you know, just just something to you know make you aware of uh, that the animals need help too, hey, in that way. Thank you so much for calling in. We really appreciate it. No problem. All right, Mr. Coffee, have a good night. And you Tower, too. Have a good night. You too, my friend. Thank you. And when it's four, and when it's fourth and one, I'm calling Tower. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Good night, guys. Thanks, Thanks man. Um, so uh, Anthony was actually very instrumental in um, in uh, calling. Uh, he's friends with Santa. Called him in. He got him in. He got him in. He got him in, and uh, and Santa really, um, he, you know, put on a show for us. That was a great, great that was, time. That was one of my favorite. Yeah, it was one of my favorite hours of radio. Those honestly. kids were great. They were great. They were. Yeah, great. they were great. It was really fun. Uh, we'll definitely do that again next year. So, um, uh, so 
Joe, we've got a lot to a lot, there's a lot, stuff, there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on, right? There's a lot going on. Um, Marcus, um, we had, we had talked before um, with both Councillor Abreu and then you and I had t- discussed it. The CPA, Community Preservation okay. Funds. Yeah. Talk a little bit about it. You were served on the board here in Fairhaven. Yeah, I did. So so the Community Preservation Act is uh, legislation that was passed in, I think, the 90s in, Mass, uh, in Massachusetts. It, allocate, it, it, it is a buy-in by uh, any community in the Commonwealth. They have to sign up for it, right? right. So it's basically... Um, they can sign up to uh, for a one percent surcharge on commercial and property taxes. So, for example, if your property taxes this year were five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, fifty bucks, fifty bucks. Yeah. So, one um, percent surcharge of commercial and property taxes are allocated to um, commu- uh, a fund uh, that funds community projects. Now you say, why wouldn't you just put this in the general fund? Well, the Community Preservation Act. Well, uh, if you sign into, if you sign up for it, if you're a Community Preservation Act community, you get matching funds from the state. So, um, I believe New Bedford itself got 35 percent matching from the state, right? And it's no secret that it was brought in by John Mitchell. I was up at the Boston Herald at the time. Yeah, I had him on the radio to talk about it. Yeah, um, it's a signature project of John and, Mitchell. He and, brought it in. And and here's the thing, when here's the thing when um, the 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 it's not just the matching from the state because we had the council president say that one she had apparently all of these people every every person in the world called her to tell her that they want this off their tax bill when no other city council got a call like that right um, and two uh, she said that well you know Dartmouth was like really big into it and then blah 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 but. Um, uh, uh, was really big into it, that, but then, you know, blah, 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 uh, now we don't get as much money because a bunch of other communities are doing it. Okay, but what she definitely knows is that um, it's not just the state match, right, which is, again, 35% match, but where you get the dollar-for-dollar dollar match isn't just in the state money, but it's in the total leverage funds. Mm-hmm. And actually, the leverage funds, if you include state money, is probably a more than dollar-for-dollar dollar match because you get... Uh, com- uh, things like the Mass Cultural Council and other major nonprofits or you know uh, NGOs that will look to see if a, a, a particular project, if they get, if they get, if they see, they have to, they look to see whether or not there's community investment. And in Massachusetts, they look to see, well, the CPA, right? You know, the, the Community Preservation Committee, did they spend any? Did they spend any money? And that's when they decide to match those funds. So dollar for dollar. I mean, it's a more than dollar-for-dollar dollar match of funds. And not only that, Marcus, but it's a, it's a non-binding question that Council Morad and the Council voted to put on the ballot so the voters could give them a sense. Well, here's the thing, Marcus. The money goes to the City Council for ultimate allocation. In the years that it's been in place, and I can be corrected, but my understanding, Linda Morad has never objected to a single project. That's my knowledge. She's gone and voted in the affirmative every year to fund these projects. Yeah. So for her, after never raising an objection to a project, to say... That she wants to rip the entire system out, and, and it comes, and it, it's no, co- it, it just okay. You can, it's not a coincidence. The timing of this, right? No, exactly. 
So it comes not only after after all of this bad press because of her pay raises where she wanted to shell out 50 grand to people she liked. Those mm-hmm. were her amendments, right? right. We, and everybody knows it. Right. It was also during a time where they were taking up other ballot measures that yes. people probably would like a little bit more. You know, like it, like you said, look, like saying, hey, do you want your rent to be less money? Right. Right. Along with... Do you think the mayor should have fewer years, which I'm not entirely sold on, but you could I think you could present the argument right. along with now, you know, it's it's phrased in a weird way. But it's like, do you want to repeal a tax, basically, which yes. people are always going to say, yes, which will give her the opportunity to, to go out and, and say, I'm, I'm lowering your rent. Yeah. And I'm lowering your tax. And, it, and, it, and she she presented it as a binding question and then took it back as a non-binding to get enough votes but here's the thing to that city council mitchell's going to veto this right yes he's definitely going to veto which this. is what she intends which is what she intends but they have right now they have a veto proof majority by one mm-hmm. i would strongly urge one dutiful member of the council to vote against the veto override because if you vote for this you are going to probably kill a good number of you're gonna you're gonna lose out on tens of millions of dollars for your community in the long term, tens of millions, and that's not an exaggeration, right? Ian talked about the couple million pro- and projects that were funded, um, and it's and it's stuff that's really necessary, you know, playgrounds at uh, Carney Academy, Marcus, Marcus, and this is why it's so important because these are all very complex issues. Mm-hmm. So fortunately, you and I have three hours to talk about it, and we're going to talk about it because. I want people to make an informed decision. Yeah. I quite frankly I care how you vote, but I just care if you get informed, then you can make the best decision. Here is a city councilors saying they're concerned about the price of rent. It's yeah. a legitimate concern. Yes. And they're put forward, putting forward a rent control rent stabilization which inc- incidentally or not incidentally Marcus would give them under the schemes we've heard, power to control of your rent. Do yeah. we want to give this crew the power over rent? I don't know. But we could talk about that as the year goes along. But, Marcus, for them to say we need rent control, at the same time... Because our housing situation so dire. Right. At the yeah. same time, cutting a legitimate source of funding for housing. For housing, yeah. <laughs> right. So we all know that at the end of the day, what, what's going to cure the housing or improve the housing situation is to increase the stock of housing. Yes. Here's a fund to increase the stock of housing. And it's free money. And she wants to rip that out by the roots. And it's, again, it's and she wants to do it for no other reason that I can I can gather than just to say, I saved you, I saved you money. I want to change. I want to, I, I can cut your tax. And she didn't save you money. That's the thing. We have this, again, I sat on the CPC in Fairhaven for a time, and I remember when I was there, we didn't just do like, oh, wow, that's a really pretty thing. We did um, fixing, like, uh, you know, re- putting new concrete at Livesey Park, right. right? Fixing tennis courts, adding tennis, uh, adding uh, b- basketball courts, fixing the windows at Fairhaven High School, like right. really necessary repairs. And Marcus, if if in New Bedford, Councilor Morad or other councils on there had really had a concern about the amount of money and what was happening with the taxpayers' money, they would have at least objected or criticized some of the projects in all the years that's been going on. But there's no record of that. Yeah. Right? There's no record of saying, geez, I think this money is being misspent. 
right? Yeah. Or, or I don't, I don't think the priority is proper. And I, looking out for the taxpayers, but there's no record of that. No. Right. It just in an election year, when we know she's in trouble, many of the councils are in trouble because of the Morad pay raises. Suddenly, let's change the subject. So, suddenly, let's say I've gotten calls from everybody that nobody else has gotten calls like me. I'm the right. only one that, but I've gotten all these calls. Every person in the world has told me that this is the worst thing, and they're, they're upset about the $40 out of the tax bill. I've been rubber stamping hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxpayers' funds without a, without a word of objection. Yeah. Or even a, even, even a penetrating question. Mm-hmm. And now I want to rip the whole program. And now I've just been getting so many calls. And, right. I, and, and, and like, and the, 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 here's the thing. The language of the question is really what bothers me here. And it's because I think it's intentionally, I, I, I think it's intentionally obfuscating. Now, I will, you know, listen, I'll take it back if that's the only way you can phrase the question. I happen to doubt it. Um, but uh, here's the, here's the, shall the city in New Bedford revoke acceptance of Section 3 to... Shall the city of New Bedford revoke acceptance of the Section 3 to 7 inclusive Chapter 44B of general laws revoked by its legislative body, summary of which appears below, right? That's the actual question. And then it's like a description at the bottom, right? But people are just going to read that. People are just going to read that statement. So there's going to be a description at the bottom. You wonder what the language of that description is. Right. You know, we didn't see that, but... But I, I think this this whole thing has been intentionally obfuscated because I, that money, like I said, I, I can't say it enough. I, I've I've overseen money. I've overseen CPC money myself, and I've I've seen CPC hearings in New Bedford and all of that. That money helps a lot of people. It it is for housing, for housing, for housing, for, and for, for really interesting um, cultural projects that may not be funded otherwise. Well, well, As an example, the the incredibly, literally priceless paintings that the New Bedford Library has, mm-hmm. uh, a, an original portrait of George Washington. Yeah, um, there 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 is housing, uh, uh, playground, just, playground, playground at, stuff, playground at Carney Academy. I think fully funded. There's always stuff that uh, at Buttonwood Park and all of that. New basketball, the the newer, uh, but, they, they use it for the basketball courts at Buttonwood Park. But even if even if you and I'm sure you can find projects that you don't agree with, Linda Morin has rubber stamped all of them. Mm-hmm. All the council has, and so for them now to say, let's rip the whole thing out in an election year, I really. Is, it's incredibly irritating. And we're going to keep talking about this because Mitchell's going to veto this. And I really think there's an opportunity for at least one counselor to fall back from that veto-proof majority and really take a stance here to say, I'm not going to put this money in jeopardy. First of all, it was voted on in 2015, which is fairly recent. Second of all, there's so many good projects that happen to this, and I know it's only 40 bucks out of your paycheck. And, and guess what? I, you know, Maybe Council Moore has gotten all the calls in the world about this, but I haven't gotten them. Right. And if only one city councilor out of 11 is, getting, is fielding calls from this, then maybe... It's a non-zero, but mathematically, you know, um, uh, uh, an absolute minority of people that are constantly, apparently, complaining about CPC and their tax bill. So, Marcus, let's talk about the four-year to a two-year term. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting. They just voted on it, though. That's another thing they just voted on uh, five, six years ago. Right. So I think it's an interesting, you know, maybe you want to take the temperature. It was passed by a ballot. Yeah. So, but... It's a it's a long term project, mm-hmm. right? We've really only ever had one four year term. Yeah. Um. 
I was not a big fan of the four-year term, but I understood the arguments for it. Yeah. Um, the um, is is there some appetite to go back to the two years? We're going to find out. I I think that that um, deserves a healthy conversation. Now, when people say they don't listen, it was passed overwhelmingly by the voters. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of proponents, but there were opponents too. Scott Lang did an ad campaign. I talked quite a bit about it. We had a lot of conversation about it. Yeah, it was passed. It was I, I kind overwhelmingly of, right. Just like Joe Biden is president, Donald Trump was elected president, and John, and, uh, and Sean Oliver is the city councilor. When you have elections, they have results, and then you have to move on. Mm-hmm. The idea of going back and revisiting issues drives me crazy. It feels like a waste of time, uh, honestly. It, it, it like I guess if you like, you know, it would be. I don't think that that, that anything's going to change. I guess it would be interesting if it did. But again, it's a non-binding resolution, so right. ultimately, it's not going to. They're not going to do anything. Well, because you're going to be electing someone for four years, and then you're going to have to ask him again. This so, year, the, whoever gets elected mayor, Mitchell, or if he has an opponent, will be in for four years. Well, not only that, you're going to ask them this question: Should we do this? Right, right. And then it's going to be another two years, be- at least, before you can do anything about it. At least, right? At least before you can do anything about it, because you can't. You, you can't. You got to put it in the next city election, right? And I wonder. Uh, Marcus, um, when the mayor is elected for four years, wouldn't you have to let that expire before you could change the terms? You, I would think. Yeah, you'd have to let that expire. You'd, you'd at least have to let it expire. Be- yeah, he'd have to full, fill out his four-year term before, or she, I don't know who's, you know, so we, we still don't know who's running for election. Stunt. Yeah, it doesn't make any, it does, it just, none of this makes any sense. Like, it's not well thought out. It's not, no, it's not. It's not. None of this is well thought out. This, none it, of it. Well, I will say the CPC thing is well thought out in the fact that Linda wanted a distraction well, yeah. from, and, and she and she got it because she knows better about the actual taxpayer cost and the, the leverage right. funding that you're getting. And it's frankly, it's pretty abhorrent to to target millions and millions of dollars of free money to, to help your community in order to take the heat off yourself on a political issue. It, right. it really is. It, it's absolutely vile. Because it, each one of the... Um, projects that get funded by this fund, and you can go to the, the City Hall website, folks, and see what the, what's been funded all these years. All the applications are right up there. Mm-hmm. You can look through them. You could probably find stuff you, you... I know you can find stuff you agree with. You might find stuff you disagree with. You might find stuff you have questions about. Yeah. Questions that none of the city councils even asked. Right. But, Marcus, on the rent control, rent stabilization question, another, I think... Well intended, but not well thought out. There's no language on even what the question is. It says, do you think we should have a program to stabilize rent? And and here's the... Yes. Yeah. But what's the details? The details are important. But here's the thing, too. And and just on its face, if you have to... If for some reason there was some, and this happens in elected bodies, some horse trading, hey, I'll vote for this if you vote for this. If you have to give up the rent control question to keep CPC, you have to do it because that right now is an immediate benefit that people are getting that you will lose if you're careless with how you phrase this question or... Money for housing. 
Right, money for housing. So you you have to give that up because I can't stress enough to you the importance of the Community Preservation Act uh, funding for a lot of projects here in New Bedford, here in Fairhaven and Dartmouth. Not a rent control scheme that has no details. You're gonna you you have existing money right now that's going to fund housing development. Yeah, they that is what. She's asking you to, to give up. And here's the thing. To say that, to say that, it's, it's and, and, and here's the thing, to change your to change your mind when they said, oh, this is going to be a binding resolution, and thank God at least there's a few city councilors that were like, that trusted their gut on that and said, no, wait, I haven't heard enough from anybody because it's not a real thing that people are actually bringing up to uh, anybody in, in any significant way, but... It, to change it to non-binding is the same thing. It's just going to take longer because... The way this is done, you can see it's done with the intention of killing this program, right? You can It's very obvious it's done with the way that the, uh, the intention of killing this program. And, and you're going to let people basically vote on like a broad question of, do you want to repeal a tax, right? And you're going to put it together with the rent control thing. It's very easy to go down the ballot and say, yes, yes, yes. Right. Yes, yes, yes. I want. Yes, yes, yes. And that's why it's it's surgically placed there to get rid of this program that uh, to get rid of this program that's going to cost you tens of millions of dollars and is going to make your housing situation absolutely without question worse. It is um, really. uh... So that's why when it comes back to the city council, I think one of them has to the one of one of them voted one of those eight has to stand back and say, you know what? I'm not voting for the veto override. What did Ian tell us? Did we ask him? Ian's wouldn't, Ian, Ian wouldn't. Ian said he's not voting for the. Uh, the he won't vote if they if it gets sent back to him. He's not voting to override the veto of the preservation of the community preservation. Yeah, he so supports you, it. So it still that stands at only one. Yes, you just need one. You just need one city councilor who may have voted before because there were people that said, oh, I'll change my mind for the non-binding because I haven't heard anything. Well, if you hadn't heard anything, because it's not a problem. And there's probably something in your ward that benefited a great deal from community preservation funds. You can go on and look at all the applications. Um, Because I've been looking at it for the last couple of years. I found a little bit of an interest in that program and looking at how the money is spent. And I've asked questions. And um, you can go on and see. It tells you ward by ward where the money is spent. Yeah. So if you want to know, and and by the way, folks, it gives you all the information about the projects, how much money is allocated, what they're going to do, what their goals are, how long the project's been going. You can look at it. I guarantee you, you will find things on there that you, you think are worth the money. Yeah, I guarantee you that. And those true. things won't be funded without the CPA. Right. And I want to tell you that if you found things, as I have, that you have questions about, understand that none of the councils objected to them. Yeah. So the, so to say they want to rip the whole program out, yeah. having built up no track record of opposition to the money being spent mm-hmm. when it has to go across their desk year after year. It's it and, really is insane. And again, anybody who says, "Oh, well, it's because it's it, you know we're we're lowering your taxes," they are lying to you. Because again, if it is one percent, it is a one percent surcharge. So it's a few. Your, your cost. and they're bringing back your state tax dollars. That's the thing. with the program. They're matching funds. You gave the money to the state. You already gone. gave it. It's gone, right. but it can come back. But it can come back, and then it can be used for local things that you really. Probably and, like. And again, with the leverage funds, it is more than a dollar for dollar match. And, folks, again, 
the people particularly listening to this program, you pay attention. If, if this was a problem, you would have heard something year after year that they appropriate They've the money. they never raised an issue. Never. And then all of a sudden, this came like like a thief in the night it just came on a, it just showed up on a on, on a on a meeting agenda for the city council like a thief in the night it shows up in the middle of all of this stuff all of this all of this all of this stuff all the, the questions the about pay rent control. raises right in your mind Right, exactly. With the pay raises in your mind, with the now you're thinking about rent control and all of that. Here's another. Here's here's a red herring, right? right. And and I'm telling you, this is surgically done for the purpose of of, of preserving a single city councilor's P- uh, PR and nothing else. If you are a city councilor and you have an opportunity, if Mitchell vetoes this to uh, override the veto, if you if you vote if you vote no. You can save this project and save your constituents tens of millions of dollars in, in funding. Again, I've sat on CPC in, uh, in Fairhaven. I'm familiar with the CPC process in New Bedford. I know a lot of good projects get funded, not even just like, again, arts and culture, things that are necessary for a sustainable community. Hey, we got to take this break. We'll be right back. 1420 WBSM. we got some app chat messages. I'm going to read one from uh, uh, N. NB residents, he said uh, the four-year term, he thinks the four-year, t- uh, he, uh, he or she um, thinks the four-year term for mayor makes the most sense uh, because there are so many moving pieces across all departments of municipal government. Um, basically saying, you know, when the mayor, if there's a two-year term, the mayor is just really learning the ropes and then they could be voted out. Um, most of the two-year terms spending understanding all aspects, not allowing time to make real changes. If they put the ballot, uh, if they put on the ballot to reduce the mayor's term back to two years, they should also put it on the ballot to term limit on the councilors. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I, you know, I think there's some, I think there's some good points to be made about the four-year term. I think it's a good conversation to have. I, I just want people to understand yeah. that it's it's non-binding. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take half a decade. Yeah, at least. If you do want to get rid of it. Yeah, at least half a decade. Right. At least half a decade. So so it's not the question to focus on, basically. But it's a good yeah. one to talk about. Yeah, exactly. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Yeah, good evening, guys. How's things going? Good, my friend. Great. Oh, very good. Okay. It's Friday. Hey, I want to uh, point out one thing that your news uh, department has said on the, the news there. And I think it directly relates back to this uh, this show. Nothing to do with the topic you've been talking about tonight. But the fact that our delegation, Representative Keating, uh, the two senators, Markey, okay, and Warren, have been able to get the federal government to put in some seed money, I guess it is, to get the bridges done on the case. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I think that's a, that's a good start. I, I don't think you should give up at that point and say, well, now it's too complex and we can only do it in 100 years and at the year uh, uh, 2033. I appreciate Representative Keating's uh, uh, efforts on this matter, uh, but I don't agree with him on that idea. I think if they keep on pushing for it, I think they can get the thing built before that time. I think it's not only a matter of safety of the bridge itself, the structural parts, but also a matter of traffic safety. They've had a couple of accidents because of speed on the Braga Bridge. And again, it would just be disastrous if someone were to get seriously hurt up there and the traffic that goes across those bridges during the, uh, uh, the summer. So I would hope that they wouldn't just let it go here and they would try to get this thing done, you know, 
before uh, 2033 uh, in 100 years, uh, you know. Uh, I, you know, if, if, if the Egyptians can build the pyramids quickly, <laughs> I think we can, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. The, the Egyptians didn't have to go through DCAM. Oh, so, didn't have to go there? <laughs> yeah. DCAM yeah. or OSHA, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. They, they had a pharaoh and he, he called all the shots. But, uh, yeah. but nonetheless, I, th- I, I think what they did was good. I think even Governor Healy... I don't know if she met with uh, the president or one of uh, his uh, his people, uh, and she voiced uh, concern about the bridges, too, when she was there, I think, at a governor's council or something like that, a governor's conference. If I'm wrong, let me know. No, she, she was in yeah. D.C. for a governor's yeah. conference, yes, yeah. Yes, so mm-hmm. uh, I think it was, you know, and I think they should continue and try to get that thing, uh, you know, fixed and done before, you know, 100 years pass, because... It might get lost in a shovel, and you might forget about it after a hundred years. You know? Well, the, it's I think it's not a small thing to get an allocation in the actual the president of the United States' budget proposal. Sure, sure. So I think it that's a big, big I, that's I a big they, win. I hope they would continue. And again, I think I'd like to think that uh, you know the uh, the impetus for this whole thing came from this show. And you guys. Yeah, I, I would like to think I, I, um, I had a hand in making the president's budget. Well, no, but. I'm not well, saying that, but I think it got to our reps' ears. Oh, no. We, oh, we asked him about we, it. We literally I, spoke with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. so you know, I, I think, you know, you guys deserve, uh, you know, credit you. for, Thanks. you know, getting the ball rolling on it. And it's certainly, uh, you know, a positive thing. And it shows what you can do, you know. Appreciate that. Well, I appreciate that. And, and, and again, we know that the congressman, but his staff as well, uh, listens to the program. Yeah. And so when you folks call and, and talk with us, uh, you know, it gets into the um, the conversation, the but, bloodstream. But, but again, will. it goes to show what, you know, people can do. You know, yes. we feel so powerless and stuff like that. But yet if you, you know, suggest things and get the ball rolling and another person hears it, another person, well, yeah, and why can't we? And uh, hopefully it will continue on so that, you know, those bridges aren't repaired. A uh, hundred years later, um, again, I. That's would why you got to call your ward counselor to ask them to vote no on the on the over uh, the. Well, I don't want to get the into that. Veto I'm override trying, of the CPC. I want to get into it. I, I'm curious though. What do you what do you make of the? Because um, you pay attention. What do you make of the? I know you you were not a big fan of the of the four year term. Right. I mean, uh, if you're doing your job. You're going to get those two years. Just take a look at Freddie Kalis. Right. Take a look at Rosemary Tierney. Take a look at John Mackey. You know, you, you, take a look at Scott Lang. He could have been elected again if he wanted to. So if you're doing your job, you don't need a four-year term, my opinion. You know, that, that, was, that was an argument that we heard during the... Um during the debate on it, it. It's also a thing that's happening across, I think in Western Mass now, there was an article on it in Mass Live, there's a lot of two-year term mayors that are looking at four-year terms, but... Well, again, you know, there, there's been some alternate facts on this. I know the mayor said that most of the area, uh, town or cities have right, mayors. that's not true. And then somebody said, yeah, somebody said, uh, they called us to the, I think, Tim show today, they said, no, it's like 51% of the, to- of the cities that have mayors have have two-year terms. Two-year terms, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. So it, there were some alternate facts here, as uh, the Trumpians would say. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, w- what do you what do you make of the of the uh, rent control, rent stabilization, whatever proposal? Well, again, I you know, Chris, you're right on the ball politically. You know, I I think this has been a a faint. <laughs> so we can get away from the more rad pay increases that they gave to those uh, people that were going to retire. I think the mayor really beat them out on that asking for 10 grand which i think was would is much more feasible and much more in you know in line okay 
even the 25 grand thing there, that's a little too much. And, you know, to me, when the mayor asked them to look at it again, maybe they should have said, well, how about 12 grand and we'll call it a day, you know, something like that. So, yeah, I, I, Linda's been around a long time. Uh, she's not uh, a novice at this. So, yeah, I think she's trying to get the conversation going other places. And uh, But I, I, I got the meeting on tonight, as a matter of fact. I'm, I've been listening to you guys with one ear, and the meeting is on TV. Nice. And uh, you guys would like to note that I see that, that, that gentleman in the back. This is before your announcement tonight. Paul Chase, is it, or Chaucey? Paul Chase. Yeah, yeah, Paul Chase, yeah, yeah. He's sitting in the meeting there. Yeah, he, he issued a press, press release objecting to the to the, the rent control uh, proposal. He, he um, He's the head of the Realtors Association. Yeah, but I'm just wondering if he already knew that you know, Mr. Lima was not going to run. And they also announced at the beginning of the meeting that Jane Gosshouse was in the chamber as a former, uh, you know, uh, counselor. Huh. She's so, now, she, she now is at the, um, she, she's the handles the APA funds for the Bristol County Commission, uh, well, which is about $20 million, or maybe $60 million. Yeah. So, uh, well, yeah, so and Jane's a very smart person. That would, that would, well, no, no, I think she might be interested. I, I would like to see Jane get back into city politics. I think Jane was a real... She was a force. She was a real force, very yeah. smart person, yep. um, and and stands her ground, yep. uh, but is... But, Here's people out, you know. But I, I just thought it was unusual. This is a, a meeting on the 9th. You know, you guys broke the news today that those people just happened to be sitting there. And, and there might have been another person that I don't recognize there. There was a person with a shirt and tie, and I don't know, sitting next to Mr. Charles. Uh, I don't know who he was. It could have been somebody else. I don't know. So maybe they already knew uh, the word was out that uh, Mr. Lima was going to be uh, not running again for Ward 5, which I think he's done a, a credible job in doing things and a good job. Uh, a very respectable uh, representative. Uh, if Joe Lopes is in uh, 5, he's, he's in five to get now, back yeah. in again. I always thought he did a respect. We might not not agree with him all the time, but you know, I thought he was a, a good person. Joseph was a very strong counselor and, yep. and a strong president, and he and he really cared about the job a yep. lot. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he really he really did. Yeah, so. you could see that when he uh, was was chairing the meetings and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, he was uh, into it. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, that's my uh, two cents on the whole thing. Uh, again, Tom Kennedy, where is he? I heard him today say he was worried about uh, that his rent might go up and stuff like that. I, I always like to hear his comments. You know, he's a voice of reason too most of the time. Okay? Yeah, no, to- Tom's a bright guy. He's been around. I would say that. Most people are concerned with the situation with rents in the city of New Bedford mm-hmm. and in the state of Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the question is, is this a real answer? Well, here's the thing. Uh, you know, um, and uh, with the rent control thing, the 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 uh, I'm not I'm not like I said, I, I have a disagreement with Chris about, you know, how disastrous of a policy it would be. But the practicality of it and the re- if it's whether or not it's realistic that it'll get through beacon hill i think is another question because well, i you know as i talked to lisa kashinsky at political last night report she reported on Wu's um rent control uh bill that's now headed to beacon hill as a mm-hmm. home rule petition said mm-hmm. the last time rent control or rent stabilization or any time type of rent restriction was voted on was in 2020 mm-hmm. and only 23 uh, reps voted uh, for it so out of basically 160 people. So it's going to be some heavy lifting, not just to get it through there, but to get it to the, through the Senate as well and then have it signed by Healy. Well, I, as Boston goes, so go the rest of the Well, well that's, that's the thing, and, and that's, they know that too. <laughs> I, I, would, I would draw your eye to Howie Carr's column, um, which is a humorous take on 
the lobbyist money grab that this is going to be mm-hmm. as they scare all the very wealthy uh, landlords into yeah. forking over money to lobby. Well, they've already forked, forked over like $400,000 just just on the Boston just on the Boston City Council thing. Um just on just on the Boston rent. We call that an appetizer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. Again, the landlords in the city who are native to the city in the area, I don't think there's a problem with these exorbitant rate uh, rents. Like I think the people that have a problem might be the outside corporations well, that are coming in to buy anticipating you know, uh, New Bedford being a place where you can get a cheap rent and go work in Boston. And they might not, that might not work out. But, they, I, but I think the local, uh, you know, individual person that owns a street right. tenement or owns a, owns a couple of street tenements, I don't think they're the people, and I don't know, but I don't think they're the people that are uh, raising exorbitant rents. I also think that oh, the landlord-tenant relationship is very personal, sure. very individual. Sure. So I think that, and again, it can it, be. But, yeah. it's not necessarily always the case, right? Well, of course, not always the case. That's why it's individual and personal. Well, I had a, I had a friend years ago well, that I, I said to him, I said, you know, your dad could, it, could get a lot cases. more for that apartment upstairs that he's getting. And he said, look, I talked to my dad, and he's passed away, his dad now. And he says, look, leave it just the way it is. They're good tenants. They don't give me any problems. Everything is going, uh, you know, in other words, the, the money wasn't everything, you know. And I think most of the uh, local people that own tenements in this area, and again, it's just my guess, that they have the same opinion, you know. Well, however, however a landlord deals with one tenant may not be how they deal with another one. Well, if they're paying it. Well, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, th- 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 there's, th- there's a discount. For ease of doing business, yeah. things of that well, nature. We got to take this break. Okay, uh, guys, appreciate nice the call. Thank you. And, and remember the good thing we did with the bridges down there, and get the, uh, <laughs> would... and the rest of the people to and you know, get some money from uh, President Joe Biden. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> okay, appreciate guys. that. Okay. Thank you. We got to take this break. We'll be right back. Download the WBSM app and listen to us everywhere. California, the voices in the night that cover the news of the day. I heard the voices too. Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. More of South Coast Tonight happens now on WBSM. So, Chris, what are, you, what are your plans for the weekend? Dialysis, which is always fun. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I will... Um, oh, I get it. We gotta go. We gotta go. That's it. 